Hey guys, what's going on? I just want to say what's up before the episode. How's your day been? How's your week been? Hopefully it's been a great one. I've had a really great week myself. I just wanted to give you a little introduction. Before I started this podcast, there was a handful of podcasts I really loved to listen to. The Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana. How Did This Get Made? Doug Loves Movies. And Comedy Film Nerds. They had two co-hosts, Graham Elwood, and today's guest, Chris Mancini. You can find him and follow him on Twitter at Chris J. Mancini. But more importantly, folks, give him a shout out. Let him know you enjoyed it. If you happen to be a fan of comedy film nerds, let him know that you're a fan of comedy film nerds and you enjoyed him on my podcast. Give his other podcast, Conversations from the Abyss, a chance. It's a really good conversation. The first one is about a woman that's willing to sell her soul for her baby. It's quite an interesting listen. I really enjoyed it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to hear the last podcast you'd want with someone that I can truly say inspired me to start my own podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris J. Mancini of Conversations from the Abyss and comedy film nerds. Tip the veal. Try the staff. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the last podcast you'd want. Steve here today, and I got a great guest for you today. If you happen to be a fellow podcaster like myself, and you listen to other podcasts about movies, you may know comedy film nerds. You may know conversations from the abyss. I have with me today, Chris Mancini. Chris, how you doing? Great to be here, Stephen. It's um, uh, always happy to talk movies and podcasting and all those things. I've been at it for uh, quite some time, so always happy to talk about them. And glad to have you here. So we're going to start it out with a fun one I usually like to start with. Chris, do you happen to remember the first movie you walked out of in the theater? Oh, that's a good one. I think it might have been Broadcast News. Okay, broadcast news. Now that would have been, oh, who was in that one? Because that 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 one, I remember it, but it's vague for me. It was. Uh, let me see. It was also one of those movies that, um, as I got older, I realized um, I shouldn't have seen it as a kid. Gotcha. Didn't appreciate it, and uh, it's also a movie not really for me. So it's not <laughs> that the movie was bad. It was a bad choice on my part. As a um, as I think I was a tween when I saw it, I'm like, yeah, I don't uh, probably should have picked uh, um, Flash Gordon or something else that was around at that time. <laughs> Broadcast news. Is that the one where he's like, I want you to go to your windows and scream. I'm mad as hell. Uh, it's William Hurt and Albert Brooks. No, that's network. That's a, oh, that's just network. OK, that's an actual good movie. Broadcast <laughs> Broadcast News, I think, was one of those movies that um, tried to kind of capture, like a on it, like a like that kind of feeling, but also as a rom com. It was a James Brooks movie. It had uh, James Brooks movie. It had William Hurt, Albert Brooks, and Holly Hunter in it. And man, I did not get it. I was in high school. No, oh, I was in high school at the time. Um, so uh, apparently, I either went to see this movie or went to see the animated Transformers movie for the third time. So one of those two, I should have picked. And that's a good one. Uh, With that, do you happen to remember the last movie that you walked out of? I do, actually. That was uh, W. W? Yeah, the Oliver Stone. um, Josh, uh, oh, it's, uh, is it Josh Brolin? 
Yep. Uh huh. Um, where he played, uh, you know, George W. George Bush. W. Bush. But it was such a bad, bad film. Like, yeah, we know you. We get it. You hate George W. Bush. I mean, they made him basically a cartoon character, and every scene was like how dumb and horrible he was. I'm like, okay, I get it. I don't need over two hours to uh, tell me this. I, I get it. I mean, the whole point of that movie should have been to offer a little insight on his presidency or the person or maybe humanize the character, something, you know, something that would make it an actual movie, but it wasn't. It was just a cartoon. Okay. Uh, which it was, uh, you know, what Wish was hit. And then a lot of stuff came out after it. Well, the movie was rushed. He was trying to get it out in time. I'm like, don't give me excuses, millionaire filmmakers. You have plenty of money and time to get your movie right. I don't want to hear um, how... You know, you couldn't, you, you know, it's somebody else's fault. No, it's yours. You get paid millions of dollars, do your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. With that being said, with directors, do do you have a favorite director? Someone you like to go to uh, if you're having an off day just to watch and get you right? You know, there's a, a number of different directors. Uh, I was a, um, he hasn't, he doesn't make as many movies now, but I was always been a huge Terry Gilliam fan. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, um, you know, the man who killed Don Quixote, because uh, that's had quite a troubled production, as you as you know. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and the fact that, you know, no other filmmaker has had so many documentaries made about um, his disastrous filmmaking than Terry Gilliam. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got the hamster factor, you've got Lost in La Mancha. I'm like, there's like more documentaries of uh, how his productions go south than any other filmmaker. <laughs> And, um, you know, then there, there's one on, I think there's another good one, like on uh, uh, Brazil, too. I think on one of the Criterion Collection, you know, documentary DVDs as an extra. And uh, uh, I always found him very inspirational. Like he was always, I uh, started with Monty Python, of course. So he's always funny and had this wicked, weird sense of humor. But there was always an underlying layer of uh, commentary and satire even with a movie like Time Bandits, if you really unpack some of those levels there, um, he's saying a lot of things. Everything from, you know, the parents at the beginning having the furniture covered in plastic and the villains towards the end covered in plastic. Like there's all these little subtle nods. And then basically has a conversation about free will and creation with God at the end. You know, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I I love Time Bandits. Time Bandits is probably one of my uh, my favorite Terry Gilliam films, and I never I never even associated uh, that with the parents with the furniture at the beginning. And and now that you say it, I 100% just see the villains at the end in their in their like granny rain outfits. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That and that's where the uh, the commentary is so much fun, like Terry Gilliam doing it. You know, we don't get that as much anymore because people are buying less DVDs and Blu-rays. Everything's digital. But that director's commentary is like getting film class on a DVD. Yeah. No, that's great. I'll have to rewatch that one and really just take it in. It's mm -hmm. been, I'm not going to lie, it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but it's probably, it's probably one of my favorite of his. He does, he does so many good ones. Yes. Yeah. Um. Is there a, is there a movie that that you feel that you could just put on every day uh, and just background noise? Just a movie you love so much, and you can give more than one if you want. Uh, that's a good question. Like I, I kind of go in waves, where like you know I'll watch a movie a couple of times and then I won't see it again for a couple of years. And like I don't think there's one consistent one. Like I think 
so any of the Marvel movies, I could always just kind of watch some or all of them. Lord of the Rings movies are another another one where I could just always kind of have on for a little bit or if it's, you know, who channel surfs anymore. But if, if I were, <laughs> um, I would definitely watch one of those. Uh, now, if I'm really in a uh, thoughtful and pensive mood, I might actually throw on a um, Igmar Bergman movie. I've got the Faith Trilogy on DVD where you've got some really crazy things like through a, uh, um, a mirror darkly or uh, and then of course uh, seventh seal is probably one of my favorite uh, movies of all time and it's one of those movies that i actually write about this in the, the comedy film nerds guide to movies the book where it's such an old movie that sometimes you know we've gotten so far along with filmmaking that you can't really process it as much anymore i remember watching it and like my wife's came in and was watching like the bar scene and like, uh, um, you know, this old black and white film with subtitles. And she's like, well, what's this? I said, it's one of the greatest films ever made. She's like, really? I said, yeah. And I realized if you just catch it with like contemporary glasses, it's going to be meaningless to you <laughs> for a couple of seconds. <laughs> you have to start it from the beginning, not look at your phone and just let an older movie wash over you. And then eventually it slows down your brain and it brings you back into that time. So, but it's definitely, an, our, our brains are going so fast now with uh, technology and our lifestyles that you really need to make a conscious effort to enjoy an older movie by letting yourself slow down. Okay. No, and, and what was that one called again? Uh, the Seventh Seal. The Seventh Seal. Okay. Uh, I've been, uh, my, my wife. I was going to say, it's where a knight has a chess match with death that gets parodied in many movies after. Okay. Uh, my wife is taking a, a classic uh, film class right now uh, where they're watching a lot of old films. Uh, and that might be one that she actually might like to sit down and watch as well. So that, I, I like that recommendation, The Seventh Seal. Yes. Um, now, I, uh, I usually ask uh, if there's a film that you can watch that takes you back to your childhood. But I'm going to do a little bit of a spin on it because uh, being a comedy film nerds fan, I know that you have two children. Yes. Was was there a movie from your childhood that you were excited to introduce them to? It was definitely not just one. I tried to do every single one from the 80s and uh, that would, it was just too time intensive. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had to start picking and choosing. And uh, the ones that both my wife and I were really excited about were, of course, the original Star Wars movies. Of course. Uh, and now they actually became more relevant when they started releasing more of them. So like, see, see, I told you. Um, but I think one of the things that I really wanted to introduce them to were some of the classic animated movies. Like we went through all of the Disney movies like Jungle Book uh, and then um, the ones that don't get the recognition that they they deserve is the Studio Ghibli movies. Like everything from Spirit Away to, um, um, you know, Howl's Moving Castle to uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Like, right. Oh. And, uh, you know, unless you're watching them on DVD, they're hard to find on demand. Um, you have to get them on DVD, like uh, uh, The Cat Returns is a fantastic one. Um, and even just like a one that's like a beautiful little relationship story, like Whisper of the Heart is great, too. So uh, but these are ones that, that, you know, they just don't get the recognition that they deserve. And they're they're classic um, animated movies. Absolutely. I remember uh, when I was uh, younger watching My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, I was very fortunate enough that uh, my aunt and uncle taught English in Japan. Oh, so wow. 
so they would constantly bring back things there. When I was 15, I actually went over there uh, for a month and a half. I stayed with them. And I actually ended up staying with two foreign exchange students from Japan that had stayed with me here in the States. Oh, wow. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that was, that was a, a fun and learning experience for me. I, uh, I took three years of Japanese in high school, and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> well, I will say the other movie that we had on loop for a while as the kids were growing up was Iron Giant. That one was just over and over and over again. I love watching it over and over, and the kids, so do the kids. They're like, okay, yeah, this can be on a loop. I don't care. Iron Giant, that's Brad Bird, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I want to say Vin Diesel does The Giant. He does. Yeah, it's the only uh, time that you're like, what's a movie you could watch over and over that has Vin Diesel and Jennifer Aniston in it? And then they're like, oh, no, it's Iron Giant. It's, <laughs> I mean, I'd say if there was a movie I could watch over and over with Vin Diesel, it'd probably be Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Two movies you don't see him in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And probably for the best. Um, do you happen to remember the first movie to give you nightmares? Oh, you know what? I don't. I didn't really discover watching horror movies until later because they always kind of freaked me out a little bit. Like it was probably the original Evil Dead, and then the one that unsettled me for a long time, even as an adult, was uh, Blair Witch. And just you know, and that one because it just plays on your um, imagination you're filling everything in in your head and sure enough that's what I did for the next couple of days <laughs> what the witch looked like how it killed the kid <laughs> like all that was like I'm like oh my god just you know just seeing the kid in the corner uh, at the end of Blair Witch unsettled me for like days okay now I remember I remember being a teenager uh, when that movie came out and uh, I remember watching it with a friend and the end of the movie came and we were done and uh, he was like, well, that movie was fucking stupid. Yeah. And it, 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 it really scared me. Uh, but me being the teenager I was, I was like, oh, yeah, man, that movie, that, that was horrible. I'm never going to watch that film again. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, no, that movie shook me to my core when I was a teenager. And, and um, now, this was an interesting thing about how studios get things wrong is um, it went out and it went, got a theatrical release. It had a brilliant marketing campaign. And it made millions and millions and millions of dollars. But what the studio didn't realize is that a lot of people that saw that movie had the same reaction as your friend, uh, did not like it. So Artisan completely disregarded that fact and put all their money into a sequel that nobody yep. saw and bankrupt the company. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. I saw it in the theater. Wow. You're one of <laughs> you. I, I was duped into it. I was it was me and two friends uh, and, and we were trying to figure something out and I forget what was out. But that was the that was one of the most appeasing things to us. Uh, and I remember that film just being absolutely horrible. Uh, the only good takeaway is years later, I found out that the lead actor from Burn Notice was in that film. Really? Yeah. 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 I think he's the only name out of it. I forget his actual name. But I mean, you from USA, you know, Burn Notice. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, he's the 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 gothy freaky kid, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's funny though. Um, so I'm assuming, and I, but I don't want to assume. I'm assuming Endgame is the last movie you saw in the theater. For sure, absolutely. So uh, a couple episodes back, me and my buddy we broke down uh, our our least uh, number twenty one to number to number one. 
Uh, my number one was Black Panther. Do you happen to have uh, pre-Endgame a number one Marvel film? I do, and it was uh, Captain America: Civil War. I thought it was just a brilliant uh, movie from start to finish, uh, like a a really cool conspiracy movie, a really cool superhero movie, and a really cool spy movie, all uh, combined into one. Excellent. I was a big fan of uh, of of uh, Civil War. I felt the Captain America series. Oh, not Civil War, not that one. Uh, I said it wrong. I meant uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. No, that's <laughs> that's all right. I, I feel that Captain America is like a fine wine. I feel that that it gets better with age with each one. So for me, it goes it goes first Avenger, Winter Soldier, Civil War. But uh, Winter Soldier, I feel, is a really good one. Uh, I really like Robert Redford in it. Um, yeah. So I, I have a theory that that I like to to ask guests. Uh, are you a big Back to the Future fan? You know what? I have to say I like it, but I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea and the concept, and I thought it was funny, but it definitely wasn't one of my favorite franchises, for sure. Sure. Uh, so just to get it off you, because I, li I like to ask it, do you feel that Mayor Goldie Wilson becomes mayor of his own destiny, or does he become mayor because Marty goes back in time and says, you're going to be mayor someday? Oh, I think he's messed with the timeline by telling him, and that's how I became mayor. Okay. No, that's good. I, I like to bounce it off of people just because, I mean, even with Endgame being out and the way they're like, no, if it's happened in the past, it's happened, and it creates a new timeline. Um, but no, that's good. Do you happen to have a, a, a movie that you haven't mentioned so far? Because I'd say that Seventh Seal would probably be the top. But do you have a, a listener recommendation, a movie that, that you'd like to have people maybe go check out that they might not know? Yeah, you know what? It, and it's a good um, um, it's a good counter programming to um, um, Endgame because now, especially because we're in the summer, we're getting the big budget uh, blockbustery summer movies. But, you know, we forget sometimes that there's uh, there's great small tiny movies being made that are character studies and one of them i just saw on netflix and most of the netflix movies are absolutely horrible but uh, every once in a while a good one slips through i think by accident and it's a uh, paddington with ray romano and uh, oh. mark duplass and it's an absolutely fantastic uh tiny little movie character study uh you know one guy finds out he's dying another guy you know tries to help him through it and that's the entire movie and that's all you need okay so paddington and you can find that on netflix paddleton sorry paddington. Oh, Pad paddleton <laughs> i would you i thought you'd said paddington and i was like now does this have anything to do with the bear that is a good movie but uh paddleton is <laughs> is definitely a, a good character study the other excellent good character bear study <laughs> Uh, are there any, um, I know, I know you're watching trailers all, all the time. Are there any movies that you're uh, particularly excited for coming out within the next month or so? It's definitely Godzilla because I really feel like they're getting it right. Like they're taking all the criticism from the first one. We don't see the monsters enough. You know, we didn't see Godzilla enough. And, uh, what I love about from what I've seen in the trailer is you've got, um, humans actually doing something this time, monsters fighting. And I love the line in the movie, like, we're not sitting this fight out. So they're actually fighting with Godzilla and the monsters. I think this will be really cool. My only concern would be I think this movie is going to be so uh, over the top and great with a bunch of monsters and fighting and uh, kaiju action that I don't know where you would go from there. <laughs> I mean, you'd really have to combine it with Pacific Rim at this point to, uh, to make something unique and uh, different. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, uh, they're, they're combining it with the King Kong series. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I'm not really sure. I, I mean, I know that's kind of been done before, but uh, um, I don't know how great that's going to be or how well it's going to go. The other thing is they have definitely have a size issue. They're, uh, you know, King Kong... They're, they're grow, either growing King Kong or shrinking Godzilla. They're going to do one of the two. <laughs> well, I believe, I mean, really, I believe they're growing King Kong because in the King Kong, in the new King Kong film, uh, uh, Kong Island, they yes. say that they say that he's a bait. They essentially say that he's a, a, a young child to a teenager. Oh, that's what a great way to retcon it. That's fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and from what I've read, um, I, I hear that someone from Kong Island is actually going to be in Godzilla, which uh, is going which is going to connect the two, which leads to <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you, though. I'm absolutely excited for King Kong or, or for Godzilla. I'm sorry. I'm in my own mind. I'm excited for Godzilla. I'm a huge Mothra fan. Um, the first time the trailer came out and I saw Mothra brought tears to my eyes. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I was watching the trailer thinking, well, what monster did they leave out? The only one I didn't see was Mechagodzilla. Yeah, well, I, and Godzuki. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that I was a big fan of as a child. Um, with that, though, really, um, where can people find you? What do you have going on? Uh, the main podcast is Comedy Film Nerds, and that's uh, that's everywhere. Then I have the um, the kind of satellite scripted horror podcast called uh, Conversations from the Abyss that I uh, write, direct, and produce. And that last episode just dropped um, called a Father about a grieving man who meets a ghost in the graveyard. So it's all people from like Thrilling Adventure Hour, Welcome to Night Vale, and like uh, Drunk History. So it's got a lot of cool people uh, that are doing voices on it. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris J. Mancini. And also, um, oh, I don't want to plug too much, but. Uh, <laughs> no, go, go plug, yeah. plug all you want. I mean, if you want, you can even plug Earbuds, the uh, podcasting oh, yeah. documentary. Yep. We, uh, we released a documentary, Earbuds, uh, that has uh, Chris Hardwick and Joe Rogan and all the, the great uh, podcasters, the comedy podcasters. And then we also went all over the world, including Australia and Japan, to interview fans and podcasters. And then the thing that I just had releasing yesterday was my comic with Starburns Press called Long Ago and Far Away. I'm really excited about this. This was a, uh, a story that's been percolating for years. It's been taking a, a long time for me to get um, out, out there. And uh, it had a great artist with Fernando Pinto. Starburns Press picked it up. The first issue is out now called Long Ago and Far Away. It's on Comixology. And basically it's a combination between um, Narnia and Clerks, about a little kid who goes into this fantasy realm and saves the world from the evil witch queen, but now he's 30, runs a comic book store, he's an asshole, and uh, he has to go back in that world as an adult. Oh my god, I, I'm not even going to lie, I think I'm going to check that out, that yeah. sounds like something I'd absolutely love. Cool. Um, well, Chris, uh, once again, thank you for your time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give him a follow on Twitter. Let him know that you enjoyed him on the show. Uh, this has been uh, the last podcast you want. Real quick, you find me at TLPYW. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, and until next week, folks, tip the veal. Try the staff. I'll see you then. Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from pro wrestling loot. 
Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 to seven item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. With over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, Pro Wrestling Loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, Pro Wrestling Loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot. For the fan in all of us.